0: make your way back to your seats, but please remain standing. We're going to read one verse of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. As you're returning to your seats, let me say one more time what an honor and a privilege it is to be a part of this camp. Thank you for the invitation, Brother Dean and the rest of the youth team. And and I want you guys to know firsthand that you have got it going on in Arkansas. I mean that. You have a phenomenal camp. God's been with us, and that's the most important thing. Amen? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. If you're seated, please please stand for the reading of the word. Simple, familiar scripture we'll use as a launching pad today. But they that wait upon the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint i want to speak for just a few minutes today with the help of the holy ghost on the subject of shortcuts and if you are are going to help me preach (laughs) i wonder if you can just signify that by giving god one more praise this morning anybody ready to let god speak to us God bless you, please be seated. We love shortcuts, don't we? It's just the generation we're a part of. It's just the world that we live in. We love our shortcuts. Just a couple of falls ago, my wife and I we remember I'm from the East Coast of Canada, and uh, Ontario is kind of a central province in, in, uh, in Canada, but New Brunswick is kind of like the armpit of, of Canada you know way off in the corner kind of hard to get to other places everything's quite far but but we took a drive from where we live in Fredericton New Brunswick to to Ottawa Ontario that's our nation's capital and there was a brand new highway that had just opened up down here you have interstates up there we have the trans canada highway system and, and so there was a new highway called the trans canada 30 and and it allowed us to bypass Montreal Quebec on the way to Ottawa Ontario and if that highway wasn't present, we would have had to go through Montreal, and there's all kinds of traffic there. It's a very big city, and so, so we were very grateful for the shortcut that day. It saved us some time. We loved it. I still remember as a kid growing up in a city called St. John, New Brunswick, not the city I currently live in, and we lived up kind of in a, there was woods around our house. It was still in the city, but there was a, there was a gas station that was down kind of you know a few kilometers, Canadian, excuse me, few kilometers from where, where we lived, on the roadways. And so if I wanted to get to the convenience store, of course, by road, it was quite a distance, but, but I knew a shortcut. And I could go, go out into the backyard of my house, and I could walk along the power line trail, and it would be, bring me right into the parking lot of this convenience store, and I would buy all kinds of penny candy. Back in those days, and I'm not all that old, but back in those days, you could get a piece of candy for a penny. It was It was wonderful we say shortcuts, you know, when given the choice to take the long way or the short way, naturally, of course, we, we tend to take the short way. Of course, it's true as we travel either to a destination, a city or something, or, or to the convenience store, but also we take shortcuts in our everyday lives. When you go to your freezer, for example, and you pull out your favorite kind of frozen TV dinner, you will notice on the back of of this TV dinner, that there are two outlined methods for cooking it. You can either cook it in the oven, which, which will probably take about 30 minutes, give or take, or you can cook it in the microwave, which takes about three minutes, and somebody thank God for the microwave today. Given the choice, what do you think you're going to choose? You're going to take the microwave every time. Unless my mother is present, she thinks they're evil or something. But whatever. Our generation wants things at a moment's notice. We are the instant gratification microwave generation. We want things fast. We want things now. We don't want to wait at all. Drive-thrus at restaurants, they know this, and, and they're typically allotted about 30 seconds per car at the window to keep the customer happy. Because as we know, the customer, they want their burger, they want their coffee, and they want it now. We're the generation that keeps creating faster and faster internet connections because we want things as fast as possible. Just uh, two or three years ago, I heard of, of Google. They were working on download speeds of 1,000 a a thousand megabits per second in certain parts of your country, and, uh, and I, that's probably slow now in some cases. You know, we love fast internet, and for example, I just thought that I would show you this. When you search something on Google, say, I don't know, like funny cat videos. Anybody ever search for funny cat videos? Does anybody know what the first thing is that appears under the search bar when you search? Before your search results, you're going to see a phrase something like this. About 135 million results and it only took .24 seconds. Before you can even blink, you have millions of results at your fingertips, and Google wants to remind you of it every single time that you search. We love things fast. We love shortcuts. Anything that takes time off of waiting, we're in. Sign us up. We love it. One final illustration. We're gonna have a little bit of fun today, but we are the generation that has created internet slang and shorthand it's become much too difficult to type out whole words and sentences and phrases and so we have created new words and acronyms to replace them things like smh which means shake my head and atm which means at the moment you guys are good whether you realize it or not these are shortcuts shortcuts the use of these shortened slang terms has become so prevalent, and this is so amazing to me and kind of funny, that the FBI, a couple of years ago, released an 83-page document that includes over 3,000 of these terms. And they referenced this document when they're spying on people, monitoring them online. Because I would suppose that the FBI got to a point where they had no idea what some of these people were saying. And so they compiled all of these acronyms. And and here's a few examples that are actually from this document. I want to see if you guys are up on your internet slang. Of course, some easy ones to start. We have LOL. LOL means laughing out loud or, or of course, lots of laughs. Must be a Canadian thing. R-O-F-L. Rolling on the floor laughing. Okay, a few more. B-R-B be right back these are easy t-t-y-l f-y-i i'm getting ahead of the media guy for your information t-l-d-r too long didn't read some of you are hoping i employ that today b-l-t-n and no it is not bacon lettuce tomato nutella better late than never IRDC. I really don't care. Hopefully, not what you're thinking today. (laughs) JMHO. Just my honest opinion. BHD. Some of you are experiencing this right now. Bad hair day. Now, I'm telling you, these are actually in this document. This next one is interesting to me. D I A F. It stands for die in a fire. People use this, evidently. B-O-G-S-A-T. Bunch of guys sitting around talking. B-F-F-L-T-D-D-U-P. Best friends for life till death do us part. That's an intense friendship. That's like almost marriage level, you know what I'm saying? E-O-T-W-A-W-K-I. It's the end of the world as we know it. Okay, this one's really good. B-T-D-T-G-T-T-S-A-W-I-O. You guys got it? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and wore it out. That's a good one. That's a great, that's a great one. And finally, ICB-I-N-B. So important. I can't believe it's not butter. Let's give it up. <laughs> you guys it's <did> so good. <laughs> we love shortcuts. We love shortcuts. And in many areas of life, shortcuts, they really aren't that big of a deal. It's not overly bad to use the microwave instead of the oven, unless, again, you're talking to my mother, perhaps. It's not a, bad, a, a big deal to have fiber-up connected internet instead of dial-up. In fact, I believe that's the will of God. And it's not a big deal to type LOL instead of laughing out loud. However, there are things in life that require us to take the long way instead of the shortcut. And we've got to keep that in mind, certainly and especially at a young age like the one that you have. You know, almost anything meaningful and worthwhile in life, it always takes time. I think today of of Israel the nation of Israel, as they've come out of Egypt, and they're wandering through the wilderness. And the journey from Egypt to Canaan, if you look at a map, basically they started right up there at the top of that blue line, and they were going kind of up to the top right. Maybe you can see the word Canaan. They should have traveled along the shore of the great sea. And if they would have done that, it would have taken them roughly 11 days to make it from Egypt to Canaan. But it didn't take them 11 days. It took them 40 years as they wandered through the wilderness as God led them by day and by night. It can be maddening to us, but the God that we serve will sometimes allow us to go on the long path to the final destination because along the journey, He desires to grow us and and to make us better people. Seems to me that God knew it would take 40 years to get all of the idolatrous Egyptian mentality out of his people. He knew that it would take 40 years to to allow a faithless generation to pass off the scene in order for the next generation to fully appreciate God's promises. It took a full 40 years. To us, the northern 11-day passage, it seems like the best decision and it seems like it makes more sense, but not to God. If it takes 40 years to get to Canaan and to get Egypt out of my people, God said, so be it. I've come to find as I've served God in in my 25-year-old existence that God is more interested in in what happens in us than just what happens to us. We think that God is only interested in the final destination and where he wants to get us to, but that's not it at all. God is concerned what happens in our lives along the journey as well. Someone once wisely said that there are no shortcuts to any place worth going, and I could not agree more, whether it be getting an education or having a career, accumulating wealth, having healthy relationships, developing personal character owning a home or whatever else these things take time there are no shortcuts to any place worth going or anything worth having in life there is always a process involved and we hate the process because we love the shortcut but but the process is so important many of us would understand what it takes to get a good a good education it takes going to school for several years and writing papers and studying and taking tests and and just investing knowledge into your life, it's a process. But on the other end of an education, you get a diploma, you get a degree, you get a good job. You know what it takes to have good relationships? It takes spending time with people. It takes being kind to one another and doing nice things. It's, it's a process that's involved. We can't just expect it to happen overnight. You know what it takes to own a home? It takes making payments once every couple of weeks or once a month, and you do this year after year after year, and there's upkeep and maintenance, and, and after all of this process, you end up owning a home. I want to say today that the process in life, the processes of life, they're just as important as the end result. The journey is just as important as the destination. I'm sure that Israel thought that God was most concerned about them arriving at Canaan. I'm sure they thought that that was all He really wanted for them and that's all He cared about, but evidently that wasn't the case. God was just as interested in developing his people and depositing some things in their heart and building faith in them as every morning they would go out and pick up manna off the ground. God wanted to put some things in his people as they wandered through the wilderness on the long road through life. Evidently, God was fine with them taking the long path because it meant he had more opportunity to work on his people. To God, the journey is just as important As the destination. And there are times in life, no doubt, when it seems like we are just like Israel. Wandering through the wilderness of life. On the long road. Waiting for God to come through. And we don't understand why he doesn't just step in and and just make a way immediately. We ask God questions sometimes. And we say, God, why haven't you answered my prayer yet? Why haven't you healed the sickness in my family yet? Why haven't you delivered me, God, from this tormenting temptation in my life? God, why haven't you sent a friend that I can connect with and pour myself into? And why am I still lonely, God? God, why haven't I experienced breakthrough in my circumstance? We say the journey. Sometimes it's the long path. We don't understand Why? And we tend to despise the long journey, but can I just say to us today that it's through this process of of waiting on God and just trusting Him on the long road that we grow and we learn to trust Him more than if God would just step in and just pick us up and put us where He's taking us. God wants us to walk on the long road sometimes. Along the journey, there will be opportunities to take shortcuts and to bypass God's process, but... But can I just say that we will always be better off in the long run if we don't take the shortcut and if we trust the process and wait on the Lord. I'm going to say something today, and maybe you're like me and your memory's kind of bad, and maybe you're not going to remember everything I talk about, but, but if you can remember this statement, hopefully it will help you in, in the years to come in your life. If you can say it with me as it comes up on the screen, go ahead. Shortcuts are short-sighted, and always short-circuit God's plan. Let's say it together, can we? Shortcuts are short-sighted and always short-circuit God's plan. I wonder if we can say it one more time with a little bit of gusto this morning. Shortcuts are short-sighted and always short-circuit God's plan. I think that this this is evident and exemplified in the life of Jesus. When Jesus was being tempted by the devil, In the wilderness. I don't know if you realized it, but when the devil stepped into that wilderness experience in the life of Jesus, really all that he was doing was offering shortcuts. Do you know that that when we are offered temptation in our life, most of the time what the enemy is doing is just offering us a shortcut to bypass the path that God has us on? The devil steps into the life of Jesus here in the wilderness, and the Bible says this. We'll go to verse 3 first. It says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, first temptation, command that these stones be made bread. Kind of a simple shortcut he's offering here. The first temptation was for Jesus to end his fast prematurely. So we say a shortcut. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Temptation number two, the devil taketh him up into the holy city. He set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, if you're really the son of God, if you are who you say you are, prove it. Cast yourself down. And then the devil starts quoting scripture, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. The angels will save you. And so this second temptation was for Jesus to prove that he was the son of God by performing an acrobatic stunt off of the temple. This was a shortcut that would have avoided the suffering and the shame of the cross. And had Jesus taken it, there might have never been a crucifixion. And if that never took place, there certainly would not be a church today. You see, it was God's will that, uh, for the world to see that Jesus was the son of God. But it was through the cross at Calvary. And after Jesus was crucified, do you remember the revelation that the centurion got as he looked up at the lifeless form of Jesus Christ? That centurion, he said, Truly, this was the Son of God. You see, he got it, but it's because Jesus went through the process that God had in mind for him. He didn't take the shortcut that the devil offered. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. That was his response. And the third temptation, again, the devil takes him up into an exceeding high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to Jesus, everything that you can see, all the kingdoms of the world I'll give you, if you will but fall down and worship me, if you will put me in position above you, because that's really what worship does and that's what the devil wanted. And then Jesus said unto him, get away from me, Satan, for it is written You shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and angels came and ministered to him. I don't know if you realize it, but this third temptation really is just a third shortcut offered to Jesus by the devil. Jesus came not just to save you and I, the human race, but Jesus also came to regain dominion over the earth from the devil that was lost by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Knowing this, the devil offered Jesus yet another easy alternative to the cross. It's as if the devil was saying, you don't have to go through with all of this suffering. You don't have to go through with all of the pain and sorrow. I will give you the dominion of this earth. All you have to do is take a shortcut, Jesus. Just bow down and worship me. All three of them, they were just shortcuts. But shortcuts are always short-sighted, and they always short-circuit God's plan. Had Jesus given in to the temptations of Satan that day, we wouldn't be here today. The church would not be in existence today. And thankfully, Jesus committed to the process, and he didn't take the shortcut offered by the devil. I understand that the process was long, and, and the road was tough, it included being crucified on a cross. Just shame and, and all of that that went with it at Calvary. But the end result was so much better than if Jesus would have taken a shortcut. Had Jesus yielded to Satan in the wilderness that day, Jesus would have never shed his blood and there wouldn't be a plan of salvation and there never would have been the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and, and mankind would have little hope of ever making heaven. You see, that's the problem with taking shortcuts. Shortcuts are always short-sighted and they always short-circuit God's plan. So We say Amen. And you see, that's what a temptation is. It's a shortcut. God has you on a path for a particular purpose and reason. And the last thing that the devil wants is for you to follow through on God's call and plan for your life. And so he will step into what you might consider to be a wilderness experience. A time when you don't understand what God is doing. A time when really you don't know if you can wait on God another day and he will offer you a shortcut. A shortcut. Don't take the shortcuts, young people. Don't take the shortcuts. In Genesis chapter 15, God gave many promises to Abraham. God told Abraham that He would give him his own land and descendants and that they would be as innumerable as the stars of the sky and the grains of sand on the seashore. Powerful promises from God. But they all hinged upon just one... One small detail that that hadn't come to pass yet, and that was the birth of a son. Birth of a son. can't really have descendants if you don't have children, right? You know what I'm saying? The problem was that Sarah was far too old to have children. She was around 80 years old when this promise was given, and she was beyond the years of, of rearing children, and so this was physically impossible for Sarah. And Abraham wasn't a spring chicken himself. (laughs) In fact, when Abraham first told Sarah that God had said He was going to give them descendants and all the wonderful promises, the Bible says that she laughed at Abraham. And she laughed at the promise of God. She wanted, no doubt, all that God had promised them, but but she just saw no way that God could make this happen. I I don't see how you're going to come through on, on this promise, God. I don't know how you're going to Fulfill what you've said as we walk along your path. And so rather than trust God and and wait for Him to come through on what He had spoken, Sarah and Abraham took a shortcut. Sarah told Abraham to go in and and sleep with her Egyptian handmaid, Hagar. And by Hagar, she would be a surrogate mother and she would give birth to a child. And that child, in Sarah's mind and, and in Abraham's mind, that child would be the promised child. And, and it was through that child that all the promises of God would come to pass, but that's not what God had in mind. You see, it was a shortcut. You know, how often how do, do we do this, the very same thing that Sarah and Abraham did? When it seems impossible for God to come through, and, and when waiting on Him seems too difficult, we oftentimes seek a solution from Egypt. Sarah turned to her Egyptian handmaid, Hagar, and she said, I wonder if I can find an answer from Egypt. Egypt is a symbol of the world in Scripture. And when God didn't think, uh, when Sarah didn't think that God could come through, she looked down to Egypt. And unfortunately, I've seen far too many people and and far too many young people do the exact same thing. They start walking with God, and, and they start really well, trusting in God and trusting the promises of God and coming to youth camps and worshiping in the altar, but then, then God gets them on a path that, that you just don't see it being able to come to pass. You don't see how God could come through. And I've seen far too many people look to Egypt for an answer and look to Egypt for a shortcut, and they short circuit what God is wanting to do in their life. If you live this life long enough, you'll understand that there will be times when it seems impossible for God to come through on his promise. It will seem impossible uh, for us to wait on God, but I'm speaking to us this morning, and I feel like the Holy Ghost is challenging us even in times like this. Just wait on the Lord, and if you will wait on the Lord, you'll renew your strength. Don't take the shortcut. I wonder if you can clap your hands with everything you've got this morning. And one more time, don't forget the shout. Don't forget to lift up a shout of triumph with that clap. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So Hagar gets pregnant, and she gives birth to Ishmael. But this wasn't what God had in mind. God had an Isaac in mind for Abraham and Sarah. But because they took a shortcut, here they are. With an Ishmael. God eventually came through, and Sarah gave birth to Isaac, the promised child. But now they have two. They've got an Ishmael, and they've got an Isaac. You see, the problem with shortcuts is when you take a shortcut, oftentimes, you end up with an Ishmael, and you end up also with your Isaac eventually. And unfortunately, our Ishmaels in life, they end up taunting our Isaacs, And we carry baggage that we were never meant to carry. And we deal with things that we were never meant to deal with. All because we take shortcuts and we short circuit God's plan in our lives. I know as a young teenager it is hard to wait on God sometimes. And it's hard to wait on God's promises. And and it's hard to just navigate life and and trust that God has things for us down the road. But, But don't take the shortcut. It is not worth it. You'll end up with baggage and Ishmael's that will mock your miracle down the road, and you're gonna carry things you were never meant to carry. Don't take the shortcut. Ah, oh, Sarah's shortcut. It caused long-term negative side effects that she never foresaw when she sent Abraham into Hagar. She never could have imagined the long-reaching consequences of her actions. But Ishmael's offspring, they went on to become the Palestinian nations, the nations that, that are in the Middle Eastern part of the world, and they literally surround the nation of Israel. We have the Israelites, the Jewish people, Even to this day, they descended from Isaac, and we've got the Palestinian nations that descended from Ishmael, and the Palestinian nations have been a thorn in Israel's side throughout history, even to this very day. Every time that you hear of a terrorist attack, every time, most of the time that you hear about wars in the Middle East, Uh, Oftentimes with Israel, right at the center of it, what you need to understand is that it traces all the way back to one shortcut taken by one woman when she didn't want to trust in God's process. The Ishmaelites still plague the Jewish people, God's chosen people, God's promised people. One shortcut causing turmoil for literally thousands of years. You have no idea the far-reaching consequences and impact of one bad decision as we step outside of God's will and we take a shortcut. The enemy's been stepping in and tempting some of you and trying to get you to get off course and take the bait. Just take it. It's easy. You don't have to wait. You don't have to trust. I can give it all to you right now. Everything that you want, everything that your heart desires, uh, but what you don't see is that you are short-circuiting God's plan and what God wants to do in your life. Can God forgive you? Absolutely. Can God still use you in the future? Absolutely. But you will carry things that you were never meant to carry. Musicians come. Somebody say shortcuts. Somebody say shortcuts. Are short-sighted. And always short-circuit God's plan. When God's way seems like the long way and you don't think you can make it, don't make the same mistake as Sarah. Don't look to Egypt for an answer. Don't take the shortcut. Wait on the Lord. Somebody once wisely said that a shortcut is the longest distance between two points. A shortcut is the longest distance between two points. doesn't make sense to our natural minds. We think that, well, I'll just get there quick. I'm getting the same end result if I just do it my way. I'm getting the friendship. I'm getting the relationship. I'm getting the pleasure. It's, it's the exact same as what God is offering me, right? I'll do it myself and it'll be, it'll be fine. But it is so far removed from God's intention for you. A shortcut is the longest distance between two points. If you will just stay the course and walk the road that God has for you, you will get there soon enough and you'll be thankful that you did it God's way. You'll be thankful that you did it God's way. If you want to mess up God's intentions for your life, take a shortcut. Again, I'm not saying that God can never use you again if you've messed up. We've all fallen short of God's glory nobody here is perfect in one way or another we've all taken small shortcuts here and there but if you want to thwart and, and short circuit God's plan to some degree take a shortcut do it your way dabble in the sin the devil tells you it's the same thing it's not the same thing it's not the same thing don't take the shortcut so the answer today is a very unpopular answer and I'm I'm done this is it in fact if you want to stand together with me the answer is learning how to wait learning how to wait they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength you know one of the fruit of the spirit we don't talk about it very much but it's one of the nine nonetheless it's long-suffering. We call it patience, and it's patience, but, but it's long-suffering. suffering long. It's not always easy to be patient, but that's the answer. And it's a fruit of the Spirit, which means that if we allow the Holy Ghost to work on the inside of us, one of the byproducts of that in our life is that God will help us to wait in those seasons when it doesn't seem like He's coming through for us. The answer is to not go and talk to all your buddies and complain to everybody and just throw fits to your parents and whatever. The answer is to get into the presence of God and allow the Holy Ghost to come and baptize you with a spirit of patience and long-suffering. And God, help me to wait on you in this season of life when, when it seems like adulthood is so far away and it seems like the next chapter of my life is so far away. Help me, God, to wait and not take the shortcut that the enemy is offering me. I wonder if you can step out of your seat right now. I feel the call of God. I feel the presence of God in this service right now. And I feel like God is going to baptize somebody with a spirit of patience, with a determination to, to tough it out and to walk the road that God has for you. As you come, I urge you and I encourage you to not just come and and keep your mouth shut. Do what the man of God said last night and open up your mouth and attract the presence of God into your space and, and into your life and let the Holy Ghost baptize us today with a newfound spirit of patience. Regardless of who's beside you right now, we oftentimes predicate our worship and we predicate the volume level of our voice based on who's beside us. I wonder if you can shake off intimidation right now and if you can just raise your voice a few decibels and if you can just shoot it into the atmosphere. Come on, the praises of God's people, they attract the presence of God. The Bible says that he is nigh unto them that call upon him, that call upon him in faith. Can somebody call upon the name of the Lord today? As the Holy Ghost begins to descend in this place, God is gonna baptize some young people with some patience today. I know it's maybe not a popular thing to talk about, but God's gonna do it. God's gonna help us. Lift up your voice, lift up your voice. Pray in the Spirit. If you got the Holy Ghost, don't be afraid. Pray in the Spirit. in the name of jesus in the name of jesus we oftentimes just rely on the lyrics of a song to get us through we're not going to sing just yet we need to break something in the atmosphere right now god is after our voices this week What the enemy wants most out of you, God wants it more. God wants your voice. I wonder if you can be obedient to the Word of God and the Man of God, and if you can lift up your voice in the presence of God here today. I don't care if you're young, maybe you're old here today, and God is God has you on a on a path that you don't see Him coming through for you. I'm telling you, God is saying, trust in the process. Wait on the Lord, wait for me to come through. Just one more time. I'm gonna I'm gonna urge you to just raise your voice. Call out to God today. There's strength in the presence of God. There's strength as we wait on the Lord. today don't don't stop god short of what he wants to do in this altar if you're not praying for yourself right now this isn't for you right now I, i i wish you'd find somebody to pray with pray strength on them pray pray a spirit of patience upon them throughout this altar take them by the hand grab them by the shoulder let's pray together in the name of jesus in the name of jesus